Welcome to episode 27 of the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. My guest for this episode is Paige Davidson, a Kentucky woman who has made intermittent fasting a way of life and in the midst has lost 110 pounds along with inflammation and other health concerns. You'll get to meet her right after this. If you've been reading the news about the real estate market, inventory is low, right? So what are people doing? This is kind of post-pandemic, during pandemic. It's they've been remodeling their homes and they need a place to buy all the stuff for the remodel. I got a guy. In fact, I have a guy and his wife and his kids, the whole family. It's Richard Akel and his family at AkelsCarpet1.com. I tell you because I'm a satisfied customer. I'm sitting in my little podcast studio in my home, um, ripped up the carpet last year. Okay, it was 21 years old. It needed to be. But I got this new stuff that people are complimenting me on. I'm like, I have other things I thought you would be impressed with, like my uh, fancy mic and my light ring. No, they like the carpet. Got it at AcolsCarpet1.com. They will beat the big box stores on price. Do I need to repeat that? They will beat the big box stores on price. I'm building a home. They're the people that I'm getting my backsplash for uh, in my, I think that's my kitchen. They can help you with just about any room in the house. They've got the stuff at really good prices. They are AcolsCarpet1.com. She won most talkative in high school, and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. Okay, I love a good intermittent fasting story, and Paige Davidson, you have a great one. So tell me your successes with intermittent fasting. Um, thank you. Uh, it's it's really kind of crazy because I am the person who has never been able to be successful with dieting. I have been dieting and trying to lose weight for 40 plus years. I am, I'm a chronic dieter. I actually had the owner of a weight loss business call me a professional dieter. When wow, he congratulations. I know. It's like an, it's like it was an achievement. I don't know. It's like he wanted to know the different things I'd done, and I've done all the things. So uh, my background goes back to I was a very normal weight child, but I grew up in diet culture in my home. Obesity does run in families, and I don't, you know, you can debate why that is, but it did run in my family. My mother struggled with obesity, morbid obesity. Many members of her family have the same struggle. And I think that my mom was concerned about me going down that same path because I loved to eat. I loved food. My sisters could care less about food, but I loved food. So mom would try to be cautious and say, well, you know, you don't need to eat that. You're going to get fat, you know, and she was loving and trying to help me. But what it what I did was I just, you know, my problem solving skills were, well, I'm just going to sneak that and take that in my room and I'll eat it when I want it. I didn't like being told what to do. And I didn't like being told what I could and couldn't eat. So my issues with food go back that far. Starting in, if not middle school, then then high school for sure. My, my mom uh, wanted me to go. There's a, a, a program in town 
when it's when it came to Lexington in I believe 1963, a weekly meeting type of a diet place. My mother was one of the first members in Lexington, and she always did this program. And and as okay, far back Paige, as I can remember, at, at that time was she overweight or yes. was it? Because sometimes you can diet yourself to being obese. Well, she was she was overweight. And I think that, you know, she had struggled with this her whole life. So at that time, she was overweight. She actually lost 100 pounds with that program. But then she would gain it back and then she would lose. And she yo-yo dieted. She pretty much for the most of my, my childhood just attended this one program. So she she wanted me to go with her and join this program, if not middle school, for sure high school. What so about I your joined, sisters? You mentioned your sisters. Yes. They didn't care about food. We were all normal weights. All three of us were a normal weight. Wait, they didn't you were have a any... normal weight and you were going to these meetings? I was normal weight. I look back, I thought I was big at the time. I may have been 10 or 15 pounds overweight, you know, um, 20 at most, at, at absolute most. But I think mom was so concerned that I was going to get really big, like, you know, um, gain all this weight. She was, I think she was trying to preempt that from happening. I can see that, you know, I, I understand it. So that started me on a path of feeling like I had to go somewhere to be fixed. I couldn't, if I needed to lose weight, I couldn't just do it on my own. I had to go to a program. They had to give me a diet. I had to follow the diet. I had to do what they told me to do because I didn't know what to eat. I had to be told what to eat. You know, clearly, if I if I was overweight, I didn't know what to eat. So I, I did this program on and off for years. Uh, it, I really did not become obese and then morbidly obese until several years after I had been really trying every diet program available, physicians, weight loss centers and diet centers and, you know, uh, doctor prescribed uh, weight loss medications and doctor prescribed powders. And I did everything, every program that was available in Lexington, Kentucky, I did it. And I dieted my way eventually up to 315 pounds and it's from dieting it is from dieting i mean i just i always was looking for the answer and i always thought it was about food and what you ate and it took me so many years to figure out that wasn't it at all but in 2000 i was the second weight loss surgery gastric bypass surgery in kentucky And at the time, I will never forget the surgeon saying to me, Paige, I can operate on your stomach, but I can't operate on your brain. And okay, I'm an intelligent woman. I'm educated. I have a master's degree. I've had high level professional positions. I'm successful in every other area of my life except this. And this made me feel like a failure a failure. And when he said that, I thought, you know, I know there's something else going on. I don't really know what it is. You know, there must be something wrong with my brain or my thinking or something, but I truly had no clue what it was, but there was no assistance. There was no help with that at all. 
you know, it's like, here's your surgery. Here's the guidelines you need to follow forever. Goodbye. So I held on, you know, I kind of white knuckled it for four or five years. I did lose 150 pounds over a year and a half. Wow. And, and I was able to keep that off for about four to five years. But then I kind of, you know, I pushed the envelope. I ate a little bit more than I should. And I kept doing that. And eventually, you know, I didn't have that physical restriction anymore because I stretched my stomach back out. And I went back to old habits and thinking and started regaining the weight. And by 2019, I was so over diets. I said, I will never do another diet. And I meant that. And I mean that. I will never do another diet. But I knew I was in trouble. I was back up to 250 pounds. I knew I was in trouble. And I also had inflammation so bad. I had pain in my feet. I had plantar fasciitis in one foot and Achilles tendonitis in the other foot. I was limping. I I really could hardly walk. So, you know, I didn't know what to do. I I knew I was in trouble and I thought, okay, I'm going to do the only thing I've never done. I'm going to go to a counselor because clearly there's something wrong. And I just have to get it figured out because I can't live this way for my whole life. And I was I was young. I guess that's relative. Um, that was in two, two, 2019 and I'm, I'm 58 right now. <laughs> I consider that young. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Oh gosh. So I went to a Christian, I went to a Christian counselor and I said, I said, there's something really wrong with me. Either I have an eating disorder or maybe I have OCD with food or maybe I have a food addiction. I don't know what it is, but I've got to figure it out and I've got to solve it because I just don't, I'm not happy. I'm miserable. I'm physically miserable. I've dealt with depression for many years and a lot of it is tied to how I felt, how I looked, all of that, my, you know, my self-esteem. So I started working with her. And about that time, my sister mentioned intermittent fasting. And I said, I don't know what that is. What is that? And she told me. And this is a sister who's not battled weight, correct? Yes. Yes. It's a sister. She said she was. Did you kind of resent her then for getting in your business? Because you're thinking you have not walked in my shoes. Well, what she was doing she was not even mentioning it. I know in the back of her mind, she was thinking, I hope she can lose some weight with this. But she told me about intermittent fasting because of my inflammation and my pain. And intermittent fasting, uh, as she explained, is not a diet, but it's a very healthy way to eat and that it's supposed to reduce inflammation. So at first, before she even got that far, I said, no, wait, hold it. Just stop right there. I'm never doing another diet. That sounds like some crazy fad diet, and I'm not doing it. And she said, it's not a diet. It's not a fad. Do your own research. It is supposed to heal inflammation, and you're in such bad pain. I was just thinking maybe it would help you. Right about that same time, I worked in the public library. I checked in a book called Delay, Don't Deny. Right then. God put that in my hands. I'm telling you, God put that in my hands. 
And I, I, I checked it in and I, I looked at it and I thought, you know, the, the subtitle was Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. And I thought, oh, I'm just going to check this out. I'm going to read this. So I did. And in the book, the author, Jen Stevens, said, don't do this if you have an eating disorder history. And I am such a rule follower. I mean, that's why I think I had to go to all these diet programs. I needed somebody to give me rules to follow. And so I went to my counselor and I said, I found this. I've read it. It sounds like it might be able to help me with my pain. But I'm a little bit afraid because it says, you know, don't do this if you have an eating disorder. And she said, well, we don't know that you have an eating disorder. She said, it may be something 100% different. She said, why don't you try it? See what you think. If it helps you, great. If it doesn't help you, just stop. And I thought, oh, that's so logical. But I was like afraid to do it because, oh, what if I have an eating disorder? So she gave me her permission to try it, and I did. And I just, I jumped right in because my motivation was not weight. In fact, I told my sister, I'll try this, but not to lose weight. Because I still thought it was a diet. And I knew that if I did it, I would lose weight. But then when I stopped, I would gain it all back plus more, which was how I got up to 315 pounds. So I did try it. was the highest weight, 315? Yes. And and you were down to a svelte, 250 at this point. I mean, think about it. That's 65 pounds less. Yeah, in comparison. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I was scared. I was scared. I was very fearful that that's where I was heading back. Because when I lost that weight, I would have sworn to you, I will never gain this weight back. And I'm in it. I felt it. I'm in it. But then I just kind of lost control and, and there I went. But within two weeks, I started at 19 hours of fasting and five hours um, of it for an eating window just because I just went hard. I thought I've got to I've got to do this for my pain. Within two weeks, I was not limping anymore. Two weeks. That was a miracle to me, a miracle. And I still had pain. So I continued. And after about, hmm, started in July, I started in June of 2019. And in, I think in September, I thought, I think I need a little extra healing. Not trying to lose extra weight, but a, extra autophagy, extra fasting time for increased autophagy. So I decided to add in one 43-hour fast per week, along with my OMAD 25, which is what I was doing. one meal a day, for those of you new to the IF terminology and nomenclature, one meal a day. And that means that your one meal, did it last five hours? If you were 19 and 5? Yeah, I would open my window. I started with 19.5 and then I quickly went to a 20-hour fast and a four-hour window. I would open my window with a snack. And admittedly, when I first started, it was a pretty big snack. Right. (laughs) Maybe it could be called a small meal. I don't know. It doesn't even really matter. Then I would have my meal. And then I gave myself permission to have another small snack or a dessert, you know, before my window was closed. But I generally was satisfied with dinner and I didn't usually do that. So I would have a a snack and then my meal. Okay. Let's stop also and define the term autophagy, which is a fascinating scientific term, but uh, tell us what that is. 
Autophagy is, it's a healing process. It's a natural process that your body goes through. It's cellular repair. It's how your cells clean out the junk and, and renew. And it is the magic part of intermittent fasting. And it's what heals inflammation, this autophagy. It, it heals many things in your body. But that's what I was looking for, extra time in that healing phase. Because, again, my goal wasn't to lose weight. My goal was to get out of pain and, and to get rid of the inflammation. Were you on any medicines at that time, Paige? I was on uh, medication for depression. I was not on any other medications. Nothing for the inflammation or high blood sugar or anything, not metformin, nothing else? No, because I didn't. I hadn't had a problem with blood sugar. I was concerned it would start, though, because my, my uh, maternal grandmother had diabetes and really died from complications from diabetes. From so I was very, yes. Diabetes. Yes. You know, it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, with We always talk about bio-individuality, and that means mm-hmm. the term that your body is different from my body is different from Darren, the producer's body, right? Mm-hmm. So though I am of normal weight... Um, my blood sugar kind of bumps up to about 103. Now I know that's nothing, but because I keep such a tight eating window and all that, yet you were at 250 pounds and you probably had a blood, better blood sugar than I do. So it just shows that some of those things are arbitrary measurements. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're really telling us it's how you feel in your skin and you didn't Absol- feel good in your skin. No. Oh, absolutely not. No, I felt horrible. And I didn't even know how horrible I felt until I lost weight. And I was losing weight. I lost weight from the second I started intermittent fasting. I didn't care for two reasons. One, that just wasn't my focus. And then two, I just was so convinced that, okay, I'm losing some weight. I'll gain it back. I yeah, you thought you'd, you'd done that before. And yes, And you would have the same pattern in repeating it. Now, you have said several times in our 16 minutes here we've been talking, you say, now, intermittent fasting, I I was not on a diet. I would never diet again. So what do you call your approach to this weight loss? What has this been then? It's not a diet. No, it's not a diet. And, you know, in, in delay, don't deny, Jen says, you know, you eat what you want and you will eventually become an intuitive eater. And just like I was skeptical that this was not really a diet, I was also skeptical about becoming an intuitive eater where I would eat healthy foods naturally because I wanted to and make make great choices. And, and I'm like, they don't know me. If I have a choice <laughs> between cookies, you know, or, or fruit, I'm going to eat the cookies every time. I just, I had taught myself, I had trained my brain to believe I can't make good choices on my own. I believed it. And, and, and we'll talk, I think more about that in a minute, but I will finish telling you that within, within six months, I was completely 100% pain-free. I completely healed those two conditions. Okay. Were you at all peaking at the scale during this time? Please tell me yes. Of course, obsessively, okay, obsessively. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yes, and you know, by the time I was pain free, I told you I was doing really well, losing weight. I had lost about fifty five pounds. That's a lot of weight. So it wasn't until then 
It wasn't until I was pain-free and I had lost all this weight, not dieting, not counting, not measuring, none of those things, did I finally believe, okay, this really is not a diet. It is a healthy lifestyle, and this is sustainable for me. I had never done any diet, any program, any anything that was sustainable. And I also was intelligent enough to know that whatever you do, it has to be sustainable. I knew that, but I, I didn't ever know how to make anything sustainable, but I felt like this was. So that was when I really bought in. Okay. That and, was six months on the calendar. That was about six months. Okay. When did you give yourself the freedom then to throw away your fat clothes? That's when, to me, you've convinced yourself that it's sustainable, that you trust yourself enough to tell your husband, I'm never going to buy size blank again because I'm this size forever. Yes. Took me a little while. It wasn't until I had lost several sizes. Because it takes Um, a minute for your brain, I think, to catch up with your smaller frame. It It definitely does. But once I had lost several sizes, I thought, you know, I, I immersed myself in intermittent fasting culture. I was I was on intermittent fasting support group Facebook pages, and I was reading lots and lots of resources and lots of books, and you know, kind of became an expert in in all of it, and and realized that if I held on to my fat clothes, that that would be detrimental to me. Right. So I I did I I got rid of those. Eventually, I lost 110 pounds. I started at a, I started in a size 22 pant, I think, 3, 3X top. I eventually got down to a size 4, size 6 pants. The smallest size I ever wore in high school was 12. And I remember when I did an, an interview with Jen Stevens, I, at that point, I was down to, I think I might have been a 14. And in my mind, I was like, oh, it'll be a miracle if I can get to a 10. And she said, Paige, you're going to get down to a 10, but don't throw away, you know, don't go out and spend a lot of money on size 10s because you're going to go lower than that. And I I didn't believe her at all. I mean, I was polite to her. <laughs> I didn't contradict her, but I mean, I didn't say what I was thinking. I didn't say, well, you're crazy. There's no way I'm going to get lower than a 10. So, yeah, so that's that's how far I traveled. How tall are you? 5'7". That's awesome. That's a great size. That's You feel good in your skin every day. Do you have any inflammation now? No. No? I, I don't have any that I can notice. And what I take great heart in is that I will always do intermittent fasting and it really doesn't have anything to do with weight or weight loss. Both of my parents had dementia and, you know, they may ultimately realize or learn that it's genetic. And if they do, then I'm thinking it's probably in the cards for me. But even if that's true, I know through research by living this lifestyle long-term, I can delay onset of symptoms by 10 to 15 years. That's science. That's, that's, that's a statistic now. Wow. Yes. yes. That is fascinating. So I will always do this. Well, I'll even if it is, way. right. But even if it is genetic, that's if all things were being equal. If those two people from that generation, you're above you, ate the same foods and had the same lifestyle, but the next generation, sure, I might have, because my gene pool, that's why I look at my blood sugar. My father, grandfather, and great-grandfather were all type 2 diabetics. 
They were all alcoholics, drunks. They pickled themselves. They were slim, <laughs> small, smoked two packs a day, yet they had high blood sugar. And one of them finally died because that was before uh, insulin, you know, uh, however many okay. years ago. So, yes, I have the genetics for that, but that's what I'm saying. I am taking my hand and I'm stopping that Mack truck every yes. day by yes. reducing the amount of hours I eat. It, you know, and this isn't about me, but I'm just saying, I understand we can do what we can that changes the course of history. Now, what about your children? What What is their attitude toward food? They saw you diet. They saw you fret. And how do they feel about food now? Well, that's, that's so interesting, Lisa, that you asked me that because I look back and I think, you know, I think we'll probably get into talking about diet brain. <clears throat> but I look back and think, okay, where did I get all of this diet brain thinking that I, that is so ingrained in me that I thought it was all true. And part of it was that I grew up, you know, with my mom dieting from as early as I can remember. And then I'm being, and then going to this weekly program and this program has come a long way, but back in the day, you know, foods were illegal. Oh, right. They were Bad legal. or good. Right. Yes. Yes. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized all of, all of my diet brain thinking came essentially from this organization. It really did. And I think that's so sad that I, you know, that I kind of grew up in this diet culture, but then you know what? So did my kids. My kids grew up in the exact same diet culture. Neither one of them has a weight problem. Now, one of my sons is adamant against ever doing any kind of a diet because of what all he saw me go through. And it's interesting. I would take him to the park and he would, I was too obese. I was too morbidly obese to be able to play with him. It's so sad. And he would, he loved to play in the woods and he would pretend to go hunting. Okay. Remember we're city people. <laughs> he would go hunting for roast chicken. So see, I was always trying to eat roast chicken on my diet. And, you know, if you think people don't pay attention to what you're eating, think again. If you don't think your kids are paying attention. So he was out hunting for roast chicken because he grew up in a diet culture himself. Neither one of my kids diet. They don't have these issues, which I'm thankful for. Isn't it great, too, that we don't have to chase um, chase our tail of the thing of a Diet Coke because we ate a brownie. Remember the philosophy that, well, I, I'll eat the brownie, but I'll, I'll counteract it with a Diet Coke, which really the Diet Coke at zero calories is way worse. Way worse. You, yes. Then way worse. Than yeah. what God made and that sugar and butter and Abs the other things. Absolutely. I read a book really early on in my journey because, you know, like I said, I worked at the library and I saw all kinds right. of things come in. And before I even discovered intermittent fasting, I was trying to think, how can I help myself? What can I do? I can't do a diet, but what can I do? Well, I saw a book called Sugar Crush. Yeah, I, I should have remember that. I should have written down the name of the author. I didn't do it. I'm sorry, but it's called Sugar no. Crush. Yeah. And it was an amazing book. And before that, I knew sugar was fattening. I knew it would make you gain weight. I knew it was bad for your teeth. I never knew how sugar contributes to chronic inflammation in your body. And all of the research is pointing to chronic inflammation as being the driver of all of these lifestyle diseases. It's not about calories. It's not about weight. It's about insulin and hormones. And I just had no idea. And so I cut out all soft drinks. I didn't drink regular soft drinks. I drank tons of diet soft drinks, even knowing they were bad for me, but I still was just hooked on them. 
But I read that book and I said, I'm going cold turkey on the soft drinks. And I greatly reduced my sugar intake at that point. And this was before I started intermittent fasting. So that was helpful. That was at 250 pounds. You still still felt bad, but not as bad. So what was your kryptonite then? And, And I say that that's really changed for all of us because we don't have a diet brain anymore. But what did you think was your downfall of maybe what did you pick up and spoon to your mouth that you thought, oh, this is it. This is this is making me fat. Was it the sugar? Was it the the pop, the real butter on the popcorn when you went to the movie theater? What was it? Well, you know, my answer is going to surprise you, I think. My kryptonite was not any particular food. My kryptonite was my bad habits, equally combined with my, my thinking. And those were things I didn't have any conscious idea about. I knew when I, like I could get on a diet and I could do well for a while. And while I was on it and kind of in the zone, I would call it, nothing tempted me. I wasn't tempted by any food. But then at some point I would break down and have something. And then that would just be like flipping a switch in my brain. But as I lost weight through intermittent fasting, I and you know did some counseling. I really came to realize that one habits drive our lives, and our habits. You know, we get so ingrained in our habits, we don't even think of them as something we can change. Like I, I had a habit of driving through McDonald's and having a big breakfast every morning. And then I would go out to eat somewhere with friends for lunch every day and have a big meal. And then I would eat out with my husband or kids or whatever at night and have a big dinner. I was never really much of a snacker, but I was in the habit of eating three huge meals every day. And I did it every day, no matter what. It was such an ingrained habit. Even when I didn't even want to really do it, I still did it. It's, it's hard to explain, but it was just ingrained in me. Well, you're an all or nothing person. Absolutely. You grab the bull by the horns and you're the people who lead governments, who run for city council, who, you know, you make change. So you, the page, the change you made was for yourself, but, and all of us are getting to benefit from it. So I think it's wonderful, but also you're showing me too, that your habits your habits and your uh, diet mentality was your kryptonite. That's because, right. That's exactly yeah, it's right. what led you. Yes, I see that now. And I never even thought that that would be the answer to that. So that's a, and that was just a spontaneous question that I had. Um, did, did you continue the therapy, the counseling with your counselor? I continued therapy until the start of the pandemic. And then when everything shut down, I had to stop seeing her. But I continued to be immersed in in reading books, reading resources. I read a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear, which is really about the science of habit change and practical tips on how to extinguish bad habits and to start healthy habits. And that's another book that changed my life. It absolutely changed my life. And I learned so much and I learned, I really came to understand how my dis just destructive habits were a huge part of my problem. So I just, you know, I discovered that really at a time when I wasn't even able to go to counseling. 
And then the other thing that I discovered was that my mindset was truly my problem. I was in my own way. And and the worst thing that I did, I think, was my self-talk. My self, I talked to myself in a way I wouldn't talk to a dog. I wouldn't talk to my worst enemy the way I talked to myself. I had such limiting beliefs and these diet brain thoughts that I just thought all of these things were true. But my self-talk was so negative and I realized that it was, but I believed everything I was telling myself. I believe what do you it. what do you tell yourself now? I don't want to hear the negative self-talk because I don't want anyone to even use that, put that in their brain. I want to hear what we should be thinking today. Okay. Some positive healthy thoughts. Um, time is my friend. I'm not in a hurry. I didn't gain weight overnight. I know that slow, steady weight loss is healthy and good for me and and that makes me happy. I am in control of my choices. I can make good, positive, healthy choices for myself. I don't have to have a diet or a doctor tell me what I need to eat or what I need to do. Some for, excuse me, some foods serve my body really well nutritionally. Some foods are just delightful and it's okay to have both. One of my favorite mantras I ever heard was it's what we do consistently, not what we do occasionally that determines our success. And I told myself that every day. Okay, say it again so I can write it down. It's what we do consistently, not what we do occasionally that determines our success. So that told me the old diet brain thinking of thinking I had to be perfect, eating all the good foods, being a good page, being a good person, or eating an unhealthy, bad food, an illegal food, and I'm a bad person. And I, you know, it's just, I was, I was so black and white in my thinking, but now I've changed my thinking. And I, you change your thinking by replacing the old thoughts with new healthy thoughts. And you have to keep telling yourself those things over and over and over until you believe them. The Bible says, so a man thinketh he is. So it's yes. a great, you know, proverb for all of us to incorporate in our own lives. Um, and plus you remind us too, or I, I've already had the revelation that there aren't good foods and bad foods. There are foods right. that work better for me. And I, I have to weigh it. it. The foods that bother me are common ones. Gluten bothers me. And I love it. Yeah. Like, I almost had to have a funeral for the fact that I can't have gluten. But yeah. I, I do I do have it. But then I have to think, my hips might hurt. <laughs> Is it worth fingers. the consequences? You Is know, there's consequences. Yeah. You weigh That's it. Right. You know, That's most right. of the time, it's not going to be worth it. You're going to say, okay, I really want that. But if I have that... This, this, and this is, you know, these yeah. things are going to happen. Once in a while, you may think, you know what? I just want that. I'm going to have it. And you know, so, you're going to have those consequences. That's right. And something else you mentioned, and there's a phenomenon in um, intermittent fasting. We know a scientific phenomenon called appetite correction. Yes. It's all of a sudden, Paige, you know, one day you wake up and you go, I can't have the double cheeseburger and fries. Not because they're not righteous. I cannot physically consume them. So you just replace that old habit with a new habit because 
metabolically something happens and it happened to me. I remember it about four or five weeks. I had my first longer, it was long fast for me because then I was doing 18.6 because I was brand new and I'd gone about 23 hours. I had a little snack of something. Then we went out to dinner and it was my birthday. I remember I was like, "We're I'm going to get a steak. I'm going to have a glass of wine. I'm going to have a, a vegetable and dessert. Mm-hmm. Well, I couldn't finish the steak and the glass of wine and the dessert. I couldn't do it all. And mm-hmm. I said, what has happened to me? I'm a nerd. I was like, I, I, I'm what like skinny people do this. And it, and it really did. It transformed me. And it, there is scientific research behind the correction, the appetite correction, correct? Did, yes. When did you start noticing that where you physically couldn't eat like the old page did back in the good old days? I think it took about, for me, I think it took about three months or so to really start to feel that. But, you know, once you, once that kicks in, I, I mean, I, I started this in June of 2019. So I'm coming sort of close to, to two years of intermittent yeah, fasting. Yeah, yeah. I went out to dinner last night with family and we went to a gourmet burger place. And of course, I, you know, old habits. I always looked at desserts first. Always. <laughs> I still do. Good, even though good. I don't usually get them. Right. So I looked at the desserts and I'm like, there was a dessert that really looked window worthy to me. And I thought, I'm going to have that. So I made my food choices based on the fact that I was, I wanted to have that dessert. So instead of getting a big sandwich and a salad or whatever, I got a bowl of chili and, uh, and I had a glass of Prosecco and we did split a little bit of pretzel and beer cheese. I had a half of a piece of a half of a pretzel and some beer cheese. Couldn't even consider the dessert. I was... I was, I was thinking, I was thinking I'm having this little meal (laughs) and it was not a big bowl of chili. I thought, I thought I'm going to have this little meal and I'm having this dessert and no way could I even contemplate that dessert. And that's crazy from the, or the OG page, the the OG, the the original gangsta page. She would have been able to eat more than that. So that to me is so a really much. crazy thing. Okay, what is your, because as we um, intermittent fast, and for those who don't know, I began in November of 2017. So I've started year four and, you know, there's no other way for me to live or eat. Um, but my window has changed. So I started 18.6 just because my son suggested to me. So that's schedule. I ripped off the bandaid. That was good for me. I know it's different for everybody. But um, now I do sometimes an up day, a down day. Sometimes I do a 24, a 21, three. You know, it just depends really what my life is like for the day. So what's kind of your, you know, if I were to say to you tomorrow, Paige, you want to go have lunch or dinner, which would you prefer? Because which kind of works around your window now? I still like to have an afternoon window. And I will tell you that when I reached that 110 pound loss, and I, and I, and I like, I reached a weight loss goal. I've never reached a weight loss goal in my life ever. Even when I lost that 150 pounds, I didn't get down to what my goal was. And oh. the surgeon even, the surgeon even said, you're not going to get all the way down to what you should be, but you're going to be a heck of a lot better than you were. And that was true. So I reached actually my goal first time ever. And I started maintenance first time ever. So I kind of wobbled when I 
when I got to maintenance. I did okay for a while. I maintained for, for months, but then I kind of started having a treat a little more often. And I had shortened my window because I thought, okay, well, I'm in maintenance. I'm going to do an, I'll, I'll say I'll do a 16 to 18 hour window through the week and maybe a little bit long, you know, shorter fast on the weekend, you know, because I'm in maintenance now. And I went to two meals. And so I made these changes. But as I made those changes, I kind of had that diet brain come back into my head. It kind of seeped back in. And it's so insidious, you know, it just, it happens really slowly. And you would have thought me more than anybody else would have realized it immediately, but I really didn't. So I have gained some weight and I'm a person who can lose a lot of weight and can gain a lot of weight. I've gained like 40 pounds since my very lowest weight. And I am actually at a decent size, but I don't like it that I've gained weight. Um, I I really got into some of my old bad habits with my eating. And, And so that's, I mean, you know, I was... I was embarrassed. I didn't really want to admit that to anybody. And it wasn't an ego thing, but I have really felt compelled to do everything I can to help people learn this information, live this lifestyle, be a motivation to them. You know, I mean, it's just kind of been my mission. And I felt like if I if I shared too much, I mean, I've been transparent on the websites, you know, I'm having issues with sugar and all maintenance has been really kind of wobbly for me, but I've never had never really shared that I had gained that weight. Well, thank you for your candor. Well, you know what? It's just another part of my, it's just another chapter in my story is all it is. And and people can relate to you. You are so relatable, Paige. That's what people think. They think, well, if I lose all this weight and then I gained two pounds back, then I'm a, they go back to those old tapes in their head mm-hmm. of that time wasn't their friend. They need to lose it quickly. See, you're still playing the new tapes, right? The time is your friend. Absolutely. That you don't have to lose it all in a day. Absolutely. You know, I just kind of got into some of those and really probably more anything than back into some of those bad habits. I just seem to be a person that can really get into bad habits quickly and it's hard to get out of those and it's hard to get back with my good healthy habits, but you know, I've done it. I'm working on it. I'm, I'm there. And so I'm not worried about when I lose this back. I will never in my life have I had that confidence ever, but this is my lifestyle. I love this lifestyle. It's not something I'm making myself do. I feel much better being back in control and being back with my, you know, my longer fast. And so uh, I'm good. Are you still doing a one day a week long fast then to tweak things? Cause that's, that's another, I think, layer in intermittent fasting. We all may have some success at first. And then I think our bodies do start saying, wait, wait, what's going on? And you have to tweak it. So yes. what if, what are your tweaks now? What are your tricks? Well, right Without now, dieting with, Without dieting. Yeah. No, I'll never, I was not kidding. I'll never diet again. No, I believe you. I believe you. I am so firm on that. I know you are. Do you you get that from me? I do. I do. No, I've gone, um, you know, I've gone back to really thinking about what would be good when I'd make my food choices. Um, Another mantra that always helped me and is helping me again is make choices that support your goals. Make choices that support your goals. Okay. So, so, so your choices I think about for that. maybe this next week. 
because we're recording this on a Sunday. What are your choices? Because we do kind of have to know who are, we're the enemy because the the devil prowls like a lion ready to devour mm-hmm. whatever your yeah. devil is, right? So yeah. you have to look through the week. What are you planning to do this week to help you fight your battle? One of my worst habits that I always did, and I kind of started getting back into it a little bit, was eating out a lot. So I have been ordering Freshly, which yeah. is a, a meal delivery service, and I like those. I think they're healthy, and uh, I, I have those in my refrigerator, and I've been having those, and and I'm very happy with having those. So you know, making sure to eat at home, eat, make good healthy choices. You know, having incorporating some fruit, vegetables, and salads into into what I'm eating. Just you know, just whole foods. You know, I'm I'm really trying to back off on processed foods, and back off on sugar. And I'm not making any big pronouncement about that. I'm just just working on making choices that support my goals. My goals don't you to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And don't you see that, and we've talked about this, I know, in different formats and programs, that the food manufacturers put some fairy dust in the food that have obesogens and have things that um, make the fat fatter, even okay. though, and, and what's so terrible is the poor are often the culprits to their marketing because they'll think these granola bars are cheap. You know, I can get them and well, I'm going to eat them because they're healthy, right? It's granola. No. And then people look at waist circumference changing, weight gain, some other things. Same thing with the dollar menu, the dollar value menu. It's not a value to anybody. No, not at all. It's especially there's a high price to pay. It's a high price to pay. Right. Yes. When When you buy those less expensive foods. That's right. So if, if you're just buying one thing buy the one healthy thing and it might give you more satiety, meaning you feel satisfied longer and your body just feels better. I know because I've made those mistakes. I mean, I can say that from Mm -hmm. wisdom too, that I, for myself, have to keep, um, my husband might want some Fritos or something, but I'll just, if I need something crunchy and salty and girl, I do. I love Mm -hmm. to have cashews, almonds, pistachios, you know, I roast my own, I put curry powder on them and salt and I can nibble on that. Um, just because we all do have a, a crunchy mechanism in salty. I mean, we want it. And so there are just some things you can do to outrun the food manufacturers and beat them at their own game. Yes. And that's what I think, you know, as Americans, we need to do to tell the food manufacturers, you know what, you've manipulated our hormones long enough. You've manipulated marketing long enough and we're on to you. Yeah, that's and, a, yeah, that's a big part of what I've, I've, you know, I decided I just feel very, I know I have had professional positions, you know, and I was good at my job. I did a great job with my job, but I was never passionate about my work. But now I feel very passionate about intermittent fasting, but about health and wellness. And the fact that eating this way, just it fascinates me endlessly that eating in a pattern of time can help dispel, you know, delay or, or prevent so many diseases. 
And if you would have told me that I was going to lose 110 pounds and that was going to be the footnote, I would have said, you're crazy. I would have thought that was the headline. But it <laughs> is it is the footnote because all of the health benefits, you know, I don't have obstructive sleep apnea anymore. I healed the inflammation. You know, all of my health markers are, are great. My weight, my BMI, everything, even with the weight that I've gained, you know, I'm, I'm still good because I just had you know, gotten pretty low. Weren't you a cover girl to a magazine too? Weren't you featured in a magazine? Yeah, that was a crazy experience. Women's World magazine was uh, working with Jen Stevens and doing a story on intermittent fasting and, and her new book, Fast, Feast, Repeat. And they asked her for some success stories. They wanted to feature a wanted a success story to feature in their in their story. So she posted, and they had some criteria, and said, "If you meet these criteria, send me your story. Send me a before and after picture. I'll I'll forward those to the magazine." So I don't know how many she, she received. I know that she received them from all over the place because her reach is far. And her influence and her her education is is amazing. So I sent those in, and they selected me to be their their feature of their story. And and I thought, oh my gosh! But I thought it's okay. I'm going to be safely ensconced in the pages of those magazine, you know, that magazine. Um, and then I found out they wanted me to be on the cover. Well, what they essentially said was they were sending a professional photographer to my house. And in so many words, what they said was if they could get a decent picture of me, they wanted me to be on the cover. <laughs> and that kind of really freaked me out. And after that happened, somebody online said, I saw you in the grocery store. And I said, oh, you live in Lexington, Kentucky. Why didn't you come up and say something to me? I said, I would have loved to have talked to you. She said, I saw you on the magazine shelf. <laughs> that was a crazy experience. But yeah. I was on the cover of Woman's World magazine. And are you an intermittent fasting health coach now? Is that something you've embarked on? Yes. I I felt so compelled that I just have to, you know, do this. I just, I, I, you know, I prayed about it. I just felt like God was telling me, you know, from to, to those who much have been given, much is expected. And I just had had miracle upon miracle. When I started with that Christian counselor, I thought I was looking for a way to, to lose weight and to figure that out. What I really finally realized was I was really on a spiritual journey that had health healing, you know, physical healing. And I felt very spiritually called to help people with this. And, and you know, the first thing that came into my mind is I've got to be a intermittent fasting coach. Well, I had never heard of an intermittent fasting coach, but I thought, well, I'm just, that's just what I'm going to do. So I started my own business and I've got my website and I started work on a certification program. I will be an integrate, I will be officially an integrative health coach. And my focus will be on intermittent fasting as of May 1st of this year. And you're doing the fast track. Yes. Yes. My, my business is called Fast Track Health and Wellness. And, I, you know, I'm very open to working with with clients individually or in, you know, group group virtual settings. And, and I wrote a book. And the reason I wrote that book again, I kept getting this stirring. God kept telling me, just honestly, God kept saying, you need to write a book. And I'm like, no, thank you, God. No, thank you. I don't want to write a book. That's, <laughs> that's too hard. 
I don't know how to do that. You know, I've never written a book before. That's just, I can't do that. So, but it just kept, it just kept coming. And, and then I had all these different people tell me, you've got to write a book. And I was like, oh, thank you. That's nice, but no, thank you. And then a minister, a lady that's a minister, we were talking and she said, you've got to write a book. And I'm like, okay, God, you've got me. I'll write the book. But the reason I wrote the book, you know, fasting is the foundation. But I wanted to save some people from that 40 plus years of searching that I went through. And I thought, I thought if I can help people understand that, you know, you're having a positive attitude, that is not something that's silly and stupid. It is so necessary. And, and getting, you know, you can't help yourself until you know what the problem is. I didn't know all of these diet brain thoughts that I had weren't just the truth. And it wasn't until I became aware of all of these diet brain thoughts that I had. And I was like, wow, that you mean that's just not how it is? That's just not the truth? I had to become aware of that before I could start replacing those dis- disordered thinking um, you know, disordered thoughts with healthy, truthful thoughts. And so I just, there were some things that I learned, you know, self-love. I, I had no clue what, what that was really all about and, and self-care and what that meant. And I just learned so many lessons through this process. That's what I wanted to share with people, you know, in my book. So, And I will link all of your resources. I've been taking notes the whole time so that people can uh, reach out and get in touch with you. I too start IIN. Actually, we're recording this on Sunday. I'm starting tomorrow. So I'm doing the fast track of that. It's all finished in six months. That's exactly what I did. It's so exciting. You will Mm -hmm. love it. I I know. I I, I I love it. I absolutely love it. It's my daughter's in it now. And that's why I'm doing it. My daughter and my daughter has said, because my kids have always said, mom, we only know what we know because you've always talk to us about health, nutrition, but I, but I had been lied to. So I had parroted wrong information to them. I think mm-hmm. earlier um, when they were younger, not really diet mentality, but just some things that I now know erroneous. Cause I now know that we are fearfully and wonderfully made and how God worked, used our bodies mm-hmm. that we really do best with what God created sunshine, the things that are grown from the ground. And foods, the, yes. Yes. And anything yeah. that, uh, the fish and meats and the birds, anything that comes from what God made. I just think you can't go wrong. And then if you want to go further than that, again, that's for your body or your body. It may work fine, but I know best for me, what works best for me. And so that was my daughter who's now, um, she's pretty much dairy-free, gluten-free, sugar-free and sad about it. Like, you know, she's not, you know, piously, hanging the banner. Oh, oh, I am all these things. She's saying, I've had to do it for my health. And she's super thin. So it's again, not just about being skinny. It's about being healthy and looking good, what your skin looks like and how you feel. So um, I'm going to wrap things up with asking you something that I, I think we know the answer, but you said that God put Jen Stevens book, Delay, Don't Deny. And let me put that in the show notes as well as I have before um, in your hands that day, right? God did Absolutely. It. Absolutely. Don't you think God is putting this podcast in people's hands and ears right now? Oh, absolutely. You have to say today? Yes, absolutely. I, there's, there's, I mean, there's not even a question. There's not a question. I feel like 
all of the things that I have been through, you know, through my life with this issue. And it's been a long, hard road. But I look back and I think, you know, I've learned some amazing things and I'm in a place where I can really help a lot of people. And I'm just praying about how I can do that. You know, God, how am I going to do that? How am I going to help people? And, and this is one of those ways. Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes. The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by the Clanton Boys at clantoncreative.com. For more information, go to the show notes and they can produce a podcast for you and make you podcast famous. Mm-hmm.